Hey, welcome to the C3 Auckland podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, head to c3church.org.nz. We hope you enjoy this message. We're talking about eternity uh, here in church this month. It's a big idea. It's the on and on and on and on of an eternal life after we pass away. And I just want to share uh, a little bit of my story and uh, to encourage you to live for that eternal life that we've been called to live. I was sitting in tiered seating in an old warehouse type building. I was 17 and I'd been invited by a friend to a night service a little bit like this at a place called CCC. And uh, if you ever wonder what C3 means, it used to be Christian City Church and it was called CCC, Triple C and a number of other things. Uh, so. That's what it's all about. And, and I wasn't going to church. I'd been uh, to a couple of events uh, that they'd run. They ran this really cool Friday night rock cafe. Uh, <laughs> this was the 90s. Shush. Um, but someone had adopted me as her project, and uh, there had been this ex-gang member speaking, uh, and he was going to share his story, and his name was Mad Dog Mudford. <laughs> Mad dog Mudford, I know. Uh, so I walked in not quite knowing what to expect, but it was nothing like I'd ever been to before. There were no pews, there were no old people, there was just uh, a whole bunch of tables set out, round tables, and then up like in this auditorium of tiered seating, it was cram-packed uh, with young people. Uh, and it was the 90s, so it was rock bands and skating and surfing. They were the things, and everyone was looking cool and looking hot. And I was like, wow, this place is really awesome. Um, but, you know, this guy was speaking, and he was an ex-gang guy. And you've got to understand, I was like this good girl. Like, even though I didn't go to church and uh, anything like that, but I was just good. I studied hard, and I did the right thing. Um, and so when he started speaking and sharing his story, my jaw was just like, what? He'd been in prison, not, but not just any prison, like solitary confinement for years. He was a hardened, rough as guts, alcoholic, drug addict. And here he was standing on the stage, praising Jesus, like, hallelujah! And I was just like, wow. I've got a photo of him here. <laughs> but this wasn't quite what he looked like. So I've got this little video snippet of what I experienced. It's a little 90, so you might have a giggle, but let's have a look. Great the sound. And preach a simple message. And he says, if you're sick and tired of being lonely, if you're sick and tired of doing drugs, if you're sick and tired of being depressed, if you're sick and tired of your religion, if you're sick and tired of living the way you're living, Jesus Christ has a purpose and an answer for your life. And on that Sunday night, I got up out of my seat and I went forward and I stood I stood in the front of that church 
And I vividly remember to this day, I reached out and I said, Jesus, I'm sick and tired of Christians telling me you can change my life. Come in and change it. Deliver me from alcoholism and I'll preach for you. Amen. I don't need Jack Daniels. I got the Bible. Amen. I don't have to get smashed on electric weed. I got Jesus, and he's a great high priest. You can't get any higher than him, mate. <laughs> you know, and what struck me as he shared his testimony was he said, uh, if you're sick of living, if you're sick of living alone, if you're sick of living afraid, if you're sick of living um, about what other people are thinking of uh, you being a Christian, if you're afraid of that stuff, you know, Jesus can touch your life tonight. And I knew at that moment that he was speaking to me. And I thought two things. I thought, firstly, if a God can change a guy like that, he must be real. <laughs> and if God can change a man like that, maybe he can fill the hole that's in my life. So I put up my hand and I walked down to the front of the room and I decided to follow Jesus. I felt heat all over me. My heart was like pounding out of my chest. But something happened to me that night and I was free. That night, I stepped from darkness into life, from an eternal judgment to eternal life. I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. I knew nothing or very little about the Bible or prayer or church, but I began to walk with God. And from that day onwards, it was 30 years ago, I've learned to keep walking this eternal life. Even at 17, there was a lot of undoing uh, that God had to do in my life. He had to take away the self-focus and the selfish living. And it became really clear to me that even though I'd stepped into this place of knowing God and God being my Savior, there were still many more choices I had to walk out from there on in. And this is what my message tonight is about, this clash of kingdoms. You step into following Jesus, and then there's this wrestle between your flesh and your old life and this new creation in Christ that you've been declared uh, in a very moment of time, the clash of kingdoms. And my scripture here tonight is called Galatians uh, is called and is from Galatians 6, 8. And it says this, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The Passion Translation puts it like this, Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant, you will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. 
If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. But if you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And it just highlights how beautifully we are in tension with the self-life and the spirit-born-again new creation life. They are incompatible. They're like oil and water. They do not mix. And we need to surrender our flesh life and live out our eternal life. We've got to choose, is it Christ or the world? Is it the kingdom of self or the kingdom of God? Is it my way or his way? There is this war going on inside of us, this life of self-living and the life that God has so clearly called us to live out. And I want to give you one thought And it's a thought that I wish someone had said really much earlier on in my Christian life. And this is it. Yield freely and fully to the life and power of the Holy Spirit. I'll say that again. Everyone here, yield freely and fully to the life and power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what yield means, I've got a little script, a uh, little picture. Think. You're in a headlock. You're on the ground. You're resisting. You're fighting it. That there's no escape. Just yield. You know what do they do? Tap out or something? Tap, tap, tap. Just got to yield it. You got to let it go. All of this uh, fighting and resistance and let it go. Now this verse in Galatians is written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia. It's his earliest and most passionate letter. And he starts off by saying to them, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And later on in the, in the letter, in Galatians 6, 11, it says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my very own hand. It's like an email in caps, but old times version. He's saying it's very, very important what I'm saying to you. There is no other gospel. This is what he was trying to say to them. There's no other gospel. There were these people coming in to try and amplify it and and say, well, yeah, you can believe in Jesus, but you have to add this and this and this and this into it to be saved. And he's saying, no, even if the angels preach that message, don't believe it. There is no other gospel. It's this jaw-dropping good news that if you believe in Jesus, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. And it doesn't matter what you've done or what you think of yourself or who you believe you are. He says, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is believe. It's a gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to, to, to emasculate yourself for it, which is what they were saying back then. 
It was all about circumcision, and, and none of us understand what that would have meant. But for us, it's just adding on things. Like, so you believe in Jesus, but then you have to uh, give to the Salvation Army mission, and then you have to do this and this and this and this and this and this, and then maybe God will accept you. No, you are acceptable, full stop. And that's what he was saying. But he was addressing two issues. Firstly, like I said, people wanted to add to this gospel. And secondly, that people wanted to abuse it. The first one was works of the flesh. And the second one was living for the flesh, living as they pleased, lawlessness. Imagine standing in the dock in prison. You've been in prison, it's hell on earth, and as you await your trial, you're hearing the prosecution going, all this evidence against you. You've done this and this and this and this and this. And you're feeling inside, yeah, I know, it's true, it's real, I'm, I'm stuffed. And then the judge puts his gravel gavel down. <laughs> he knocks it down and he says, uh, you're free to go. And Paul is saying, how do you want to use that freedom? Do you want to spit in the face of the judge and keep up the old life and end back up in prison? Or do you want to live free forevermore? Right? It's like calling yourself a mechanic and then never fixing a car. You can't call yourself a Christian and not live like a Christian. He's calling us to live free forevermore. I'll say it again, everyone here, yield freely and fully to the life and power of the Holy Spirit. Do not be deceived, God will not be mocked. Whoever sows to please their flesh will reap destruction from it. What is the flesh, you might ask? Or... We know what it is from Galatians 5, 19 to 21. I'll read it out. The cravings, yeah, sorry, the good news comes after this bit. Uh, The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, I hate senseless arguments, hello, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, hopefully no one in here, uh, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit uh, the kingdom realm of God? So we, we understand what he's saying. Don't be, don't be fooled. This is what you will reap if you do these things. You will reap destruction. So how do we sow to please the Spirit? Right? Whoever sows to plead the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And we get a clue in the earlier chapter in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So look, if there's a fruit, there has to be a seed that is sown, right? So if the fruit is love, the seed is love. If the fruit is peace, the seed is peace. An apple seed grows an apple, right? And the seed is our lives, it's our words, our thoughts, our actions, right? Every word, every thought, every action, we sow something. And the call is to sow these things of love, peace, patience, joy, self-control, all of these things. And we think, how on earth can I possibly do this? Well, the cool thing is God is at work in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, if you listen to Him, has got a gentle nudge and a gentle whisper going on in every single soul here. In Philippians 2.12, it says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fill his good purpose. So God doesn't leave you alone. He doesn't save you and set you free and put you on a rock to declare his power and goodness in your life and leave you there alone. He gives you the Holy Spirit which comes inside of you that starts to begin the work of cleaning and clearing out your life. Uh, And if you can hear it and if you can yield to it and can say yes to this and no to that, you'll be going much further and quicker than I did when I was young. And I've just got four quick things to help you step and work in this thing, okay? Firstly, you just have to trust the salvation work of Christ, it is finished. So for all you guys in the baptism tank, the old is gone, the new has arrived. You are a new person in Christ, right? And you don't have to second guess it and you don't have to add to it and you don't have to become a better person. You just have to know that it is done. Secondly, you just have to trust the pathways of God. There is no such thing as sin and win. You just gotta trust His pathways. If He says don't sleep with people before you get married, don't sleep with people before you get married. If He says don't lie, don't lie. If He says... uh, Be kind to people, be kind to people. If he says, uh, love one another, love one another, don't gossip. If he says, um, everything that he says to do, do it. (laughs) Thirdly, plant eternal seed. What I'm talking about tonight, can you go home and just go, God, Holy Spirit, help me be a person that speaks love and not hate. God, help me be a peaceful person and not an angry person. God, help me be patient when people are driving really slow on the motorway. God, let me just have actions of love and kindness, not actions of hate and judgment and malice. You know, God, help me be the person that you've called me to be. And and number four, and finally, keep surrendering to God. Just keep, that's all I've ever done. And look, I'm still working on stuff I have to surrender, right? 
But every time I, I do, I step into another level of freedom and another level of joy and another level of intimacy with God, you know? Every, every decision, I stop resisting God and I start listening to Him, I become more free. And you know, as humans, we value what we have and we undervalue what we could have. And we're really to hold on to bad and toxic relationships instead of letting them go and stepping into things that could be wonderful and freeing and beautiful and lovely. Don't stay in the old is what I'm saying. Stay in the new, live in the new. Trust God to live a godly life. He loves you. He's for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll knock on the door of your life every day of your life and He'll encourage you onwards and upwards and out of addiction and out of pain and out of sin and out of bondage. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. But what you gotta do is just put your hand up or knock the ground Say, God, I yield to you. I surrender. I'm gonna listen to that small voice in my head that's saying, uh-uh, not that way, this way. I'm gonna listen to my friends when they say, bro, what are you doing? Come this way. I'm gonna listen to my leaders when they say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that and not get angry and offended and slam the door and have a temper tantrum, but just go, I'm so sorry. I don't wanna do this and I keep doing it. Help me. We're here to help each other walk this life of faith together. And we're here for you and we don't judge you and we don't care what you're doing. We just wanna lead you to a better pathway, right? So trust the, trust the salvation work of God in your life. Trust His ways that are above all ways. I know. Plant eternal seed and keep surrendering to Him. Take. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And just take each day as it comes. Fall over, get up. Again and again and again. Like a muscle that is never used, it will get stronger and stronger and stronger. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more about our church or to find out what's coming up, check out c3church.org.nz.